to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Well, hello and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks and I'm delighted to be your host and proud to be your guide to help you through the challenging and rewarding world of retail transformation. Thanks for tuning in. This one is episode 151, number 151. Now, RFID has been a technology that has at times felt a bit like a mirage always on the horizon and it always looks so tempting, but it's never quite near enough for a mass rollout. But with major developments in the technology and a number of different innovations to change or amend or supplement the different use cases, it is an important time to ask if this is in fact the right time to reconsider RFID. And to help us do this, I'm delighted to welcome Uwe Hennig to the show who is Director of Global RFID Market Development at Avery Denison. He brings over 20 years of experience in applications using different identification and sensor technologies, and in particular demonstrating how real-time data can help retailers to work more effectively. Uwe has a broad remit, leading a team across Europe, across the Middle East, Africa, India, and Australia, to provide strategic advice on the design and implementation of many different RFID solutions using Avery Denison's SmartTrack systems for real-time supply chain management, in-store analytics, and omni-channel retail. Prior to Avery Denison, Uwe was CEO at Ditego, another RFID company, as well as spending many years in system integration for supply chain and stores. And his current focus is about how smart items can support customer centricity in fashion and food retail. So I'm excited to share this conversation with you. Show notes today are at obandco.uk slash 151. That's obandco.uk slash 151. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Here's my conversation with Uwe Hennig. Today, I'm delighted to be sitting down with Uwe Hennig from Avery Denison. Uwe, how are you? I'm very good. Thanks, Oliver. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm delighted to be talking to you about one of the big topics that certainly can drive a huge amount of transformation, and that, of course, is RFID. So I guess let's jump straight on in. Describe a little about RFID and how it can be used in a retail setting, please. Well, at first, let me thank you for inviting me onto your show. I'm a, we at Avery Dennis are a big fan, and, and we're looking forward to the chat today. Definitely. RFID in retail is, is not new, as you know. It, this started almost 15 years ago, and we're quite proud that we have been uh, the pioneer on this journey. And actually, it was with a UK retailer, Marks & Spencer, mm. in the early 2000s. So RFID started in apparel retail category. And, and that has already matured. And it's now you, you see the adoption coming also to much more categories than, than just the para. Mm. 
But when you're asking why RFID, what are people doing with it? Why, why is it now growing so dramatically? Let's talk a little bit about use cases. And it's very basic. The key KPI that retailers are looking for to measure with RFID is inventory accuracy. And retailers think they, they have accurate information in their system about uh, inventory. But when you really check it, unfortunately, it's not true. Yes. Now, in these days of omni-channel, and I know in your podcast, you have a lot of omni-channel transformation discussion, what I really love. But omni-channel has arrived, and, and, but not in all retailers. But the base for, for all these new services, what consumers asking for, can I pick up this item tomorrow in London and Regent Street in this store? Or can you give me more background on this product? So the customer demand increased so dramatically. When the information in your system is not accurate, you're disappointing the customer. Mm. And, and, and let's be honest, with these, let's say, spoiled customers, Amazonized customers, where they, they have everything in their hand with their, with their phone, they're always on. If you disappoint them, you're committing something, and then you can't deliver on this commitment, the customer is listing you out. It's just going to, to the next one, to your competitor. Yes, definitely. And, and you're absolutely right. So much of retail still does come down to, in many ways, the basics of elements like availability. Do you have what I want to buy? And then through elements like being able to satisfy that customer, because you're absolutely right with Omnichannel, particularly as you start getting into different propositions, click and collect. If I am expecting to go and pick up that product from store, which is picked from store as well, by the way, maybe, your inventory accuracy is out by one. <laughs> there is a problem, right? <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. And I mean, this market, RFID in, in, in retail, is growing double digit year by year. Not, not only for us, for the whole industry. Mm. But with COVID arrived 18 months ago now, the, this, the need for accuracy data of inventory even increased. You know, in the past, and you just touched based on it, click and collect for many retailers. This means when I order something, I live in Germany, I order something and say, hey, I want to pick this up in three days in Dusseldorf, downtown. Most of the time, retailers picking this order for me in a DC, ship it to the store where I want to pick it up, instead of realizing maybe the same item is available in the store inventory. But because the information base is so poor, they're investing in this single process, picking an order for me, shipping to the store, and, and maybe I don't turn up. So then they have all the investment with no return. But COVID then, when, when, with all the new services arrived, remember curbside pickup suddenly was coming up. Yes. Next day delivery, uh, shipped from store. So what happened when COVID arrived is, I would say the clever retailers were utilizing their stores as mini um, delivery hubs. So instead of just having a few DCs in a country, you just use all your stores as delivery hub to fulfill customer orders. Yes. It's faster, it's less expensive. And we have seen that this, that this was coming from, from the demand from retailers. I'll give you an example. Yes. Um, one customer, Levi, Levi's, is using RFID. And they reported, this is public domain, they reported an inventory accuracy now of 98% plus. And they moved their stores to mini fulfillment hubs and they grew their sales in, in single digits. And in, in these time, if you, if you grow your sales in 6, 8, 10%, it's massive. Yes, definitely. Well, it's all those levers to, to drive a 6% a, a sales boost comes a no-brainer, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, um, 
if we rewind my personal history, I used to work for Tesco and RFID was one of the elements that I'd looked at probably, goodness, probably back 2010, 2011, I'd guess, which for the food category was always a challenge because there were complications over metal, over liquids and elements. And I know the technology has developed quite significantly since then. But in the grocery sector, I'm particularly keen to, to ask you about, again, one of the big drivers that we've seen recently is that of the sort of checkout free store. I'm thinking like Amazon Go or Amazon Fresh, depending on where you are in the world. And plenty of other different companies are doing experiments with checkout free stores powered by technologies like cameras or weight sensitive shelves and so on. So I guess that there is an element of inventory accuracy there where you are being able to log products in and out. So is there still a place for RFID in this sort of tech camera enabled vision system world? Yes, there's several questions in your question. The first (laughs) answer to is there a place for RFID is very, very bold. Yes, it is. And but but let's look a little bit on the on this history. As said, RFID started in apparel retail because inventory accuracy was so low and the consumer demand because of of, of e-commerce was so high. Uh, the next category that was added and is is implementing RFID now is the beauty and cosmetic sector. Mm. Their accuracy was even worse, and uh, obviously a lot of cosmetic shoppers are buying online and they want to check inventory before. But imagine you have a, have, a, have a beauty store with, I don't know, 50,000 lipsticks. For me, in my eyes, this color is all red. But obviously, there's existing 500 versions of red. <laughs> and, and, but, but having exactly the right product for the customer is very important. So beauty cosmetics was the next one. But looking now on, on what happened, especially now with COVID arrived, uh, this, this demand from the consumer is now in all categories. Yep. And to answer your question, food is is also looking into better quality of data because yeah. the consumer demand is suddenly so high. Yes. And, and I may be a good example. Sometimes I'm deciding in the morning what I want to eat in the evening. Then I'm going online and go to my local supermarket website and, and I may want to place an order for, let's say, two steaks, some salad and a bottle of red wine. But how bad would it be when I'm leaving the office, I'm just going to the supermarket and they cannot deliver to their commitment because the, 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 the data was, was, was bad. The data was wrong. Yes. So I, I wouldn't choose that supermarket anymore for kind of, of my online pickup in store. So food and groceries now looking also into RFID. And, and your, your question is, is, is absolutely right. Is it, is it now working? Because if you go back 10 years ago, um, RFID and, and liquids and, and, and metal is, is not very, very friendly to each other. Yes. <laughs> but on, on one hand, the technology providers uh, like us and others have worked uh, a lot on getting the performance better and, and go across these barriers like uh, water bottles, liquids and metals are no longer a problem. Yeah. We, we, we have invested and have developed special tags for the food category in a, in a proof of concept in France, for example, we recently put RFID tags on frozen vegetables mm. in, a, in a freezer. And you can read with an RFID handheld all of these vegetables without even opening the glass door. Wow. So now this technology yeah. is working. And, and coming, coming back to the use case, the consumer demand has changed. And, and let's be honest, even when COVID is gone, they won't change back to the old world. 
Yeah. If, if you love the service like I do, I order in the morning some fresh food and pick it up in the evening. Why should I go back to the to the history when the service is still there? Mm. And and so, so this is there. The consumer wants to wants to use omni-channel also in food, especially in fresh food, perishables. The other demand that has arrived in grocery is transparency. Yes. So and and that's also a big thing, also for me. And and Avery Dennison, we are very much looking at sustainability. Consumers now wants to know how was this product made, where was it made, how was it transported, mm. how much um, energy has it consumed, and and and. And I think it's a very good demand, but but the retailers and 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 we we need to answer this. But you can only give information to a product like how was it transported when you have a unique identifier attached to this product and it, it, yes. in this case it's an RFID tag yes we have recently launched a, a platform it's a cloud-based platform called Atma IO it's I think it's the first platform in the industry where a digital identity can be traced from a product across the whole value chain wow and we have huge wow. success with that so if you look into food a food is is made and as a producer it receives a digital ID. This is this ID is then in this platform, and everybody who wants to have access can have access to the platform. The transport company, the retailer, the consumer, and with this transparency, we can ensure that the on one hand the retailer can really check his transport cost, his sustainability impact. The consumer learns how the product was made, how can he help to improve? And if you go, for example, back to apparel. Um, a big demand on, on transparency is how can I resale this product? How can I recycle the product? Mm. But without a digital identity, you cannot answer these questions to the consumer. And, and this is why we think that the digital ID is one thing, but also giving this information to everybody who is, has a place in the value chain is, is a must that we need to give to the industry. Yeah. Our vision started a few years ago. Years ago, we said, we believe that each you, you, each identity need to be attached to each single product, and this vision is now becoming true. I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? When you when you start to think about uh, traceability and visibility, all the way back through, you know, you, you can really understand the heritage of a particular product. For for my understanding, are we still talking about attaching an RFID tag to a label or to the product itself, such that the tag stays? with a t-shirt through life, for example? There is a lot of development ongoing still, and there has been a lot of changes. Yep. It, it really depends on the category mm. and, and, of course, also on the, on the, on the price segment yeah. where you are. There is still a lot of easy labels, and, and, and putting RFID into the label is now far easier than in the past. There are hang tags, there are stickers, uh, but there is also, if you look back to apparel, there is a trend coming up to add um, the RFID inlay into the care label, mm. what's called a PFL, a printed fabric label. And, and, and one of the reasons for that is that there is a change in the industry that you remember the hard tags for loss prevention that are attached yes. to products that people <laughs> are stealing stuff in the store. We see a trend that these things are disappearing. Because um, at the moment, uh, many retailers adding two tags to a product, an RFID tag for inventory, and then the loss prevention tag for loss prevention. Mm. So why not combining? And there is a trend to, to move this into one tag, and it is the RFID tag because you have the unique ID. In apparel, it may move into a PFL in the care label. 
because that also gives the consumer uh, the ability to to run applications like a self checkout. Yeah. If you have a tension yeah. hard tag, it's very hard for the consumer to relieve the tag because he's only doing it once per month, uh, while a store assistant is doing that every day, and 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 you're really risking that the consumer is not using the service. But with RFID in a, in a printed fabric label or in a hang tag, you can easily give the consumer the chance to self checkout. During Corona, people didn't want to have. Uh, a, didn't want to touch stuff. They want to have touched as shopping. RFID supporting it. Now you see these examples where customers are implementing RFID for self-checkouts. You just go in, you grab stuff, and you leave the store. Yes. It's really interesting, that whole point around contactless, because you're absolutely right. It started from a, I don't want to get germs, get the virus right. But it's actually evolved into, actually, I kind of like this super convenient way of shopping that means I don't have to wait in a queue and, and so on. So it's it's interesting how it's evolved into a convenience play rather than rather than just a hygiene play, I guess. Let's take a, a slightly different direction over again, sort of thinking back to my experience around RFID, there there's there's been a couple of common challenges. One one is around cost per tag, essentially. And actually mm-hmm. as you're applying it to every single item, suddenly that mounts up. And it's finding the business case, which you touched on there, you know, multi different facets, you know, whether it's stock loss, whether it's stock control and so on, building up that business case that makes good financial sense. And then uh, a second part of the challenge is around how do you apply it and how do you get that through the whole supply chain, particularly if you're more of a retailer rather than a brand mm. whereby you've got multiple brands feeding into the top of your supply chain. How do you get all of them on RFID? Because you don't want to be in a, a, a place where you've got some RFID and some not, and it gets confusing, right? What, what are your thoughts on, firstly, building a business case? Well, thanks for that. I mean, first, uh, let me give you some market mm. data. on. And this is not evidence data. This is market data coming from ID TechX, what okay. is an, an, an independent consulting company. They're reporting uh, a use of RFID tags in 2019 of more than 15 billion RFID tags. Wow. (laughs) While the dominant segment is retail. I I think that shows it's very clear that the technology has arrived. 15 billion, over 15 billion tags. And there is a double digit growth to that number year over year. That's incredible, isn't it? So I I, I think it's really clear that technology has arrived. It is matured. one of the things is really one of the largest unlocks of RFID in recent years uh, lies in the business case, of course. Um, more benefits have identified uh, have been identified when Omnichannel arrived. Uh, this helped the adoption, and the adoption has moved the cost of an RFID tag dramatically down. Uh, I would say it has fallen by 80% in the last 10 years. Wow. Yeah, so suddenly it, it becomes significant. Yeah, while in the same moment in time, the performance of the tag has also doubled. So the read range, how fast you can read it, how accurate it is, and, and, and. So the cost for the RFID hardware, you know, you in, in stores or in the supply chain, you need readers, handhelds, fixed readers, gates, whatever. That also has dropped nearly by 50%. And if you see applications, there's also software costs, like our Atma IO. These are running on a very low SaaS fee 
in the cloud. So no big servers, N and N and N. All these three elements, so the cost went down for the techs, mm. the cost for the hardware, the performance increased, more use cases, and then cloud computing, internet costs so low has very much helped the adoption of RFID. It's really exciting, actually, and it has developed hugely. Uh, I'm certainly aware. I started looking back in more detail probably, yeah, probably, 12, 18 months ago and was really surprised at how far it had come along uh, in particularly in the technical side of it, actually, and how 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 that technology has really matured over time. And it's I'd certainly encourage if people had once perhaps looked at RFID and not had a recent look at it, it's definitely worth revisiting to understand what that technology is capable of now, for sure, because it's a really exciting space and amazing to hear that it's that that high growth curve. Very, very exciting time. What are, what are your thoughts, you know, given that adoption is increasing at such a huge pace that does ease that second challenge, which I highlighted about supply chain? What are your thoughts on how to best drive that change, that transformation through a multi-company supply chain? Yeah, I mean, it, it's clear, and going back to a parallel where everything started, uh, it started with the brands because they own their whole supply chain. And, and what they do is very clear. It's what's called source tagging. The moment in time a product is born, like you're producing a T-shirt in Asia, um, the process exists anyhow that somebody is putting a price tag to that T-shirt. And now in this price tag is an RFID inlay on RFID mm. chip. So no change on the process. So that, that is working super, super well, and, and all brands are doing it. Um, looking on a retailer like a Marks & Spencer or somebody who's reselling lots of other brands or Macy's in the U.S., mm. um, typically they're mandating to their brands that they have to use RFID. And, and then the, the brands who are selling through these channels are doing the same. They do source tagging. There's only a few retailers who are tagging in distribution centers because this is, of course, quite uh, uh, costly. Somebody need to unpack products and somebody need to put a tag on it, need to check the data yes. is correct, and, and, and. So it's going back to mandates and, and source tagging. But I think what we also see is there is, there is also a use case here. Um, yes, the big benefit of RFID is sitting in the retail store. Because better visibility, you can commit to customers. Yes, you can buy the item tomorrow in this location, uh, blah, blah, blah. So that's done. But now the demand is also on transparency and, and retailers and, and brands realizing that they do not really know what's going on in their supply chain. But how can you, how can you give consumers more information about your supply chain? How can you get costs down in your supply chain when you don't know what's going on? So RFID on the product at the source is also enabling retailers, brands, even third-party logistic company to have more visibility in the supply chain and, and, and that drives costs down and that gives more transparency. So sustainability is again another big driver here. Mm, it's really exciting. I'm keen just as we begin to come to the end of, of the conversation just to, you know, again, think about how RFID is, is developing and obviously it's a a very exciting time for the technology and, and for the opportunities that that technology can bring. What's exciting you most, Uwe, about uh, about RFID at the moment and uh, what's next, I suppose? 
I mean, the, the exciting thing on RFID is that it's now really, it has arrived. It's working, it's matured, costs are down, and retailers understanding they have to invest in their digital uh, capabilities. And, and RFID is a kind of the base for everything they want to do with digital. If you're not digitizing your inventory, uh, how good is the rest of your digital transformation story? Mm. And, and I think we clarified misconception on pricing where people think RFID is expensive. This, this is all gone. Um, I, I think what we will see next is the adoption of RFID across all categories in retail. I mean, we, we, we discussed it. it. It started in apparel and footwear, accessories, uh, then beauty cosmetic was coming because of omnichannel need. Now food is looking into it. Uh, we even talked to pharmacy companies and if you if you look outside of, of of retail, it has already arrived in lots of industrial sectors. Mm. So party logistics companies who are transporting all the stuff and doing a lot of value-added services for retailers are looking into RFID. I, I think the, the, the most exciting thing is now really, in the beginning, it was in the store and then supply chain. But now the consumer is also looking on more information. Mm. And we see combinations coming of RFID and QR codes, for example. The, the retailer may use RFID in the supply chain for inventory visibility, but he wants to give the consumer access to information. So the consumer can use his phone and, and read the QR code. This QR code brings the consumer to a dedicated URL that is a, there's a website for this product. So we are, we are implementing these things where it's a combination of QR and RFID mm. or a combination mm. of RFID and NFC. The technologies are, are blurring now. Everything is merging, and it's all around connectivity. Mm. So, again, what I said in the beginning, our vision that each single product will have a unique identity is absolutely becoming true now. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, are there any companies doing that right now that that you can think of that are connecting you know, QR codes and NFCs and so on to be able to bring that story of the product to the customer? Absolutely, absolutely. This very much started in the, what we call the performance sector, the sports company. Mm. If, you, if you go to, to, to flagship stores of companies like Puma, Adidas, Nike, you can, you can use QR codes and, and you, will be, you will be excited how much information you can get about products. The customer's really using it. In, in the background, some of them using our Atma.io platform because this is where all the information is coming from. And, and, and then this moved also into uh, luxury sectors because there's not only the information for the consumer about the product itself. There may be also information, is this a real authentic product or is it a fake? So brand protection yeah. is also a use case where a digital identity is the base. Yeah, and that could be, again, you know, thinking about some of the challenges that, for example, are on some of these marketplaces. Amazon, for example, is uh, continually seemingly battling fake products and I think it does add a huge level of authenticity and being able to check and confirm that, you know, that the, the, the product that you think you are holding truly is the product that you are actually holding in front of you. It's, yeah, it's a very exciting time for sure. Uwe, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It's, you know, there are lots of use cases that are firing off in my head right now. And I'm sure everyone listening will have the same same impact. Where can people find out more? Where can they explore some of those uh, potential opportunities further? I mean, very clear that there's a lot of information on our on our website from Avery Dennis and SmartTrack. Lots of use cases. We are very happy to share our best practices from 
more than 100 RFID projects. We typically run a lot of workshops with customers and prospects on what is the next level of innovation into this into this market, how to use it, how to implement, how to try. So just reach out to some of our workshops and, and we're absolutely happy to help. And, and are they available on the website? Absolutely. www.avdenison.com slash RBIS. Super, fantastic. Well, do head over there and find out more. But Uwe, I want to say thank you very much for joining me here on the Retail Transformation Show. It's been a, a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Learned a lot myself and I hope everyone else has. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for the invite, Oliver. I think RFID has come on leaps and bounds, as I said in the session. But it really is a fantastic time to be considering if RFID is right for you or not. But do be intentional with that decision. If you enjoyed this episode, there are loads of other episodes of the Retail Transformation Show podcast for you to listen to right now. 150 other episodes, in fact, which might seem a little daunting. So here are four to help get you started. Firstly, check out episode 127. I talked to Tiffany Lung about checkout free stores, which is a a global trend, which is partially driven by RFID, as well as many other technologies. So do check out that session. That was episode 127. And one episode earlier than that, episode 126, which was around the complexities of omnichannel retail. And I did love recording that particular episode. And then you may also enjoy my conversation with Michael Grange in episode 99. And that was all about how to use retail technology effectively. Plus, one other recommendation for you. If you have not tuned in to episode 150, then definitely do that. I took a look at the ever-evolving world of retail And if you are a relatively new listener to the show, then that is a fantastic starting point to help you explore the rich archive of 150 other episodes. But if you can't remember those recommendations, then the one place to head is today's show notes, which you can find at obandco.uk slash 151. Thank you for tuning in. Please do subscribe freely in your favorite podcast app where you can enjoy new episodes of the Retail Transformation Show every single week. So I will join you in the next one. Bye. Bye.